Welcome to the Sipsters Wine Podcast with Luke Whittall. Hello, Sipsters. Welcome back to the Sipsters Wine Podcast. My name is Luke Whittall. And I can be reached at sipsterswinepodcast at gmail.com or visit the website sipsterswinepodcast.ca. Sipsters.ca will actually get you there as well, too, if you didn't know that. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite player. Give it a review or a comment. You can also now support the show directly by donating, which will really help me make more podcasts. Um, every little bit helps. And so, uh, I appreciate that. And there's a link in the show description and on the Sipsters website. So today's podcast is about the big burning question. Where the hell have I been? I stopped doing podcasts, or at least I stopped, uh, releasing a podcast. The last one was June 7th. It is now the middle of July what has been going on? Well, the biggest thing really is I finished another book. I completed the first draft of the Sipster's Pocket Guide to 50 Must Try BC Wines, Volume 3. That's the third British Columbia Sipster's Pocket Guide. Uh, 50 more amazing wines. Uh, and it had to be due on July 1st. So or the second or third, whatever the, the next day was. But uh, basically, the book had, the first draft had to be done. And so a lot of June and a lot of May and a lot of the month, actually most of the spring, to be honest, was taken up with this one. And so that was, uh, that took away my focus from podcasting. Podcasting takes a lot of time. Uh, it's, I mean, we consume podcasts, people who listen to podcasts, you know, will listen to one on the, on the drive, you know, or on their commute to work or anything like that. But really, uh, it, it takes a lot of time to, to, uh, to produce a podcast, not as much as it used to. I remember when I did my first podcast, I was spending a lot of time. I think for every 10 minutes of podcast time, there's probably an hour's worth of work that went on to producing that particular podcast. So the podcast had to had to kind of take a back seat during uh during the later part of that uh of that time while I finished the book. Also happening at the same time as I was putting the finishing touches on the new Ontario Sipsters which will be released in the fall. So I was editing that one while also completing or trying to complete the volume 3 from BC. So it was a bit uh, a lot of things going on really in terms of that. Uh, on another front though, I was also building a storefront for my website. You can now order any of the books that are there. Sipster's, uh, pocket guide to 50 must try BC wines, volume one and volume two are online. And I should actually point out, this came up in a discussion when I was, uh, talking to some bookstore owners, when volume two comes out, it doesn't mean that volume one is suddenly, you know, out of date or useless. Um, most wine books, of course, especially annual ones like what Sipsters is becoming, they tend to go out of date or they tend to seem like they are no longer uh, useful. You know, they, they're just old news, basically, at that point. That is not the case for Sipsters. Sipsters is really uh, an evergreen book, meaning you can basically pick up volume one in a couple of years 
And all of those wines are still there. All of those wines are still uh, available. Not the same vintages, obviously, newer vintages, but basically they are meant to be, uh, and I choose wines that are consistently produced each year so that the book doesn't go out of date and the information is still going to be useful to you. So if it was an amazing wine in volume one, it's probably still an amazing wine five years from now, maybe 10 years from now. You never know. Not the same vintage, maybe the new vintages. Try the new ones. That is kind of the point about Sipsters. It's not really a traditional wine book in that way. So if you were hesitating about buying volume one, you know, because you have volume two or you want to, you know, you don't think you need to buy another one, they're all going to be hopefully fairly timeless. That is the goal. So you can now buy them on my website, go to sipsters.ca, and you can buy the books directly from me. If you'd like them signed, I can do that. I can personalize them too. You just have to let me know. So maybe shoot me an email or uh, a comment when you place the order. Uh, I've also been assembling uh, writings for a new Sipsters uh, website. It's called the Sipsters Icons, uh, which will be launched very shortly. This is kind of a it's kind of a way for me to break all my own rules, basically. Um, When I talk about wines in a Sipsters book, they all have to be under $50. They all have to be uh, consistently produced. So I can't talk about, you know, one-off wines or anything like that, or, you know, special single vintage type things. Um, And so I realized that I was missing out on some really amazing wines, especially in the, in the more uh, higher price category. So, the Sipsters Icons website will deal with that. There's no limits for the wines prices. There's no experience price limit. Uh, and that's another thing I can talk about is the experience instead of maybe a specific wine. And there's also no uh, no limit on word count. In a Sipsters book, I can only use one page, which is about 300, 250 to 300 words. Uh, in the Sipsters Icons uh, site, I am going to be unlimited, and I hopefully will, uh, I intend anyways, to fully make use of that. There's a lot of things that I can talk about when it comes to wine, and this is going to be one of those things. Uh, it's a paid a subscription site. Uh, that's the idea. It's not going to cost very much, but uh, it is going to cost a little bit of something uh, just to make it worth my time to be able to write about these things. Um, but it'll have the absolute most amazing wines that you can, that spare no expense, basically. That is about, that's what Sipsters Icons is going to be about. Uh, other things that I've been doing, I did travel a little bit to the coast, mostly promoting Volume 2. I uh, went to Victoria and chatted with some uh, great wine, uh, sorry, bookstore owners. <laughs> I'm used to going to wineries. I, no, I actually went to bookstores. Uh, so it, it was a lot of fun to do that. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get there for more events. We had planned an event there at a liquor store, but uh, had to be canceled. Uh, so that didn't happen, But uh, but hopefully I'll be able to get there again some point soon. It was a lovely time uh, when I was there. And uh, yeah, I like traveling to the coast. Don't get to do that very much anymore. Uh, In preparing for preparing, uh, in preparing for this podcast, I uh, just sort of had a look see through the the list of of podcasts that I'd done, uh, you know, leading up to this, I first of all, I can't believe how many of them there have been I've done 33 of them. 
this will be the 34th, but uh, it's interesting to see that some of the people, um, you know, at, that have been on it have, have actually, you know, gone on to other things now. They've changed positions or they're in different places. Some of them are in the same place, but just in different roles. So, um, but I really just have appreciated so much producing these podcasts, chatting with old friends and new friends and, and, you know, just getting to know people in, uh, in who are interested in wine, right? That is, uh, what it makes it interesting. It's about hearing people's experiences. And I really hope to keep doing that. I'm going to do that in a couple different ways. One is to continue with these interviews, uh, and finding people that are, you know, interested in talking about wine on, uh, on a podcast. The other thing is that I'm going to restart a tasting group, um, in my, on my old podcast, uh, podcast called Wine Country BC. I used to assemble a, a group of people that uh, we would get together and taste a wine. And we would taste one wine per episode. Sometimes we'd do, uh, if there were wines that had kind of a common theme, we would group them all together. And then uh, I would put those, you know, we'd talk about that. Sometimes we did blind tastings, not all the time, but uh, uh, sometimes that was part of it. Basically, uh, I want to do that again. I think that would be interesting to try and get a, a new group of people together and uh, to try out uh, doing a tasting uh, the way that we used to, which would be kind of fun. Uh, a few updates on people. Catrice Sutherland, who was on one of the early episodes, I think she was on, yeah, episode two, actually. Uh, she is now the general manager of Lightning Rock uh, in Summerland. So uh, Yay, applause to Catrice for uh, for the promotion. That's really cool. She's been doing some really great events and things um, that are happening there all summer, actually. Lightning Rock is actually... Uh, I went there for a, a little dinner. They have a food truck and live music, and it was just it just absolutely beautiful. Uh, there's no better backdrop when you're that high up uh, in elevation. Uh, you get to see... They have such a beautiful view of... of, uh, of they can see Okanagan Lake, but they can also see... Um, the the creek and it's just such a gorgeous wraparound view uh, that it's hard to go wrong with a place like that. But anyways, it's a great um, great food, uh, great music. It was actually a lot of fun, and they're doing that on a regular basis. They're also having uh, you know bigger dinners and things like that. But uh, but yeah, check that out for sure because Catrice is doing a great job there. Callie Bailey, who is uh, on many a Wine Country BC podcast years ago, um, when she was on, uh, you know, we chatted about a lot of things, uh, you know, winemaking, because she is a winemaker, and now she is the winemaker at Joyride at the District Wine Village in Oliver. So, yay, congratulations to Callie for uh, for that promotion. That's pretty cool. Um, Yvonne Turgeon has acquired Orchard and Vine magazine, uh, and is now publishing two magazines in addition to, uh, to the Thompson Okanagan, uh, trends magazine, uh, which is pretty cool. So Orchard and Vine magazine of which I, uh, thought I was a subscriber and I was getting them in the mail, but she tells me that I wasn't actually, but, (laughs) uh, I don't know how that happened. Anyways, um, maybe I need to check my mail more often and maybe pay my bills. I don't know. Um, so yes, so look for the new Orchard and Vine magazine. There should be one probably coming out in the summer that normally is. Um, Natalie McLean, if you remember, if you listened to the two podcasts that I did with her, uh, her book, Wine Witch on Fire is doing great. I saw that. I saw many copies of it actually at, uh, the bookstores where I was visiting, uh, promoting my own book. 
she actually restreamed uh, the podcast that we did, both of them. It was a two-parter uh, through her own podcast, which she does, which is uh, which is really great. If you haven't read Wine Witch on Fire yet, though, yeah, I really suggest you do that. It is a fantastically interesting book. It's not all about wine, but it's of course it's it's peppered with all kinds of little wine uh, things as uh, as well in there. Um, but absolutely worth a read. Uh, John Schreiner actually came to visit the Okanagan in June, and we did a signing together at Meyer Family Vineyards. It was a really fun afternoon. So other things that were basically taking up all my time, uh, or just another one of those things that was taking up all my time in June, which is, uh, again, why the, uh, there's not a lot of uh, podcasts happening at this point. So uh, I'm hoping to get, like I said, a group together to uh, to do uh, you know more podcasts, and I have people who are interested in being on a podcast, um, trying to schedule them, but scheduling people in the summer is tough. It's, uh, it's getting, um, you know, people are busy moving around. I'm here this weekend. No, you're not here this weekend. Okay. Well then how about next weekend? Oh no, wait, I'm gone. Oh no, you're away. Uh, you know, so we have to kind of work around the scheduling thing a little bit more in the summer. doesn't seem to be a problem in the winter. Everyone's got um, you know, it's only, only so many things you want to do in the winter, but in the summer, people seem to be a little bit more scattered. So it's been a little bit harder to, uh, to schedule, um, uh, to schedule a podcast here, but, but that's all right. Um, I hold on, I'm just going to take a little sip of vino here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should mention the wine I'm drinking tonight. Four Shadows Riesling Classic. They're on the Naramata bench. If you have um, been to Naramata on Upper Bench Road lately, you will have seen, or in the last couple of years, last four years, I guess now. Wow. Okay. I haven't, I, haven't, I don't travel that way that often, I guess. Uh, but Foreshadows, uh, Foreshadows Riesling Classic uh, is the wine that I'm tasting tonight. And um, just a beautiful Riesling. They have had uh, Riesling. Riesling has come from that vineyard. I know that there's been some, a couple of miners that have used the Riesling from that particular vineyard site prior to the opening of foreshadows and the Riesling that those wineries made was really good. Um, fantastic actually. So it is not a surprise that this is a, uh, an equally fantastic Riesling. So, um, very cool. If you like, uh, an off dry style Riesling, this is actually only 9.9% alcohol. So it's a, it's a, it's a sipper. You can you can sip on this one for quite a while, and just beautiful flavors and bracing acidity, and a little off dry. So uh, it's not going to uh, it's going to be quite a smooth wine. So great experience uh, tasting this one. So if you are enjoying the podcast, I will have more for you uh, coming up shortly. I've got some interviews planned, like I said, but it has been a little tricky to uh, to schedule those. Um, you know, getting some time to actually do that. Hopefully, I will have more time. And the emphasis, especially going through the fall, will be the podcasts, especially going through as the new BC, uh, sorry, the new Sipsters Pocket Guide 250 Must Try Ontario Wines hits the shelves beginning in the fall. I don't have a firm release date on that yet, but I believe we're planning for some time in middle to late October. So, look for that. You will hear about it all here first. In fact, uh, podcast listeners may actually be able to get a copy early. Uh, I'm going to see if I can 
uh, arrange something so that I can get uh, when I get the as soon as I get the copies, I will see if I can give away a copy sooner. Ontario wines, of course, very different from British Columbia wines in some ways and very similar in others. So the industry is a little bit different. It was quite eye-opening to um, to kind of experience that. Uh, it's just a it's it's all the same country. We're all in Canada, but the industry is a little different there. And uh, hopefully over the course of those podcasts coming up when I talk about the Ontario book a little bit more, um, it'll be, uh, you know, a little eye-opening. It's not quite the same as what we have in BC. It, it, there's noticeable differences and uh, in a good way. I think it's uh, it's it's just a different industry. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I hope people in BC buy the Ontario book, just as I hope people in Ontario will consider buying the BC books as well, too, because it's, uh, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same country. We're all in the same country. We're all producing wine. And how much fun is it to be able to put together wines like Riesling or Pinot Noir or maybe Gamay from Ontario and British Columbia in the same room and be able to taste them both at the same time? I think that's kind of fun. I like doing that kind of thing. And I think that's just what wine loving is about, what being a sipster is about. It's about appreciating those differences. And I think we need to do more of it, really. I don't think in BC, we don't get a lot of Ontario wines. Just there's just, it's hard to get unless you're ordering directly from the winery. And I know in, in Ontario, they don't have a lot of British Columbia wine as well. I've been to a couple of LCBO locations in Toronto, and, and there is, especially the bigger ones, there's a bit of a BC section, but it's not a huge section. It's not really even um, you know mentioned that much. It's not a big part of it. Uh, although, to be fair, the LCBO doesn't really you know focus on Ontario wines either to, to the same degree that the LDB promotes British Columbia VQA wines here. There isn't the same sort of local, you know, support local kind of thing happening in Ontario as much, which is one of the differences that I noticed between the industries in Ontario and the industry in British Columbia. For Sipsters, though, the quality of the wines, quite fantastic. There were some beautiful wines that I came across in my in my journey through the Ontario wine industry. So, very, very, very interesting. I'm super excited for people to read this book. I really hope um, when it comes out in the fall that uh, that you'll take a chance on it and um, you know want to explore wines from another from the other a larger area. Actually, I mean, there's more literally is more vineyards in Ontario than there is in British Columbia, but um, I I think we need to learn more about each other's wine industries, you know, and I think we need to be able to get more Ontario wines in British Columbia. And I think we need to be able to get more British Columbia wines in Ontario and other parts of the province too. more Nova Scotia wines, for instance, everywhere. I think that is uh, something that's important. And same with Quebec wines as well, too. There's most people don't know there's lots of wines in Quebec. I've written about that in the past. I wrote uh, a couple articles, I think, on uh, my old website, Wine Country BC, about exploring wines in Quebec. And ultimately, I think what I'd like to do is a Sipster's Guide to Canadian Wine. And I think uh, maybe that would be, you know, a good project in the future. So we'll see. If that happens, then wow, I don't know how much 
podcasting time I'll be able to get after that, but uh, but we'll see. So that is the scoop. That is pretty much what I've been up to uh, for the month of June. And uh, for all of the uh, people who have been listening steadily through all of the podcasts, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, for paying attention and listening and uh, and appreciating wine and appreciating what's in your glass and uh and enjoying your experience hope you have a great experience i hope you've enjoyed listening take care everybody happy sipping and uh i will see you soon cheers Thank you for listening to the Sipsters Wine Podcast. Go to Sipsters online at sipsterswinepodcast.ca.